Please be seated. Well, it's been quite a week. Supreme Court decisions upholding the Affordable Care Act, granting a constitutional right to marry for same-sex couples, funerals for those murdered in Charleston, eloquent Governor Nikki Haley declaring it's time for the Confederate flag to be removed from the grounds of the Capitol, continuing manhunt for the remaining escaped murderer in New York State, and more parochially, our own election of Michael Curry, Bishop of North Carolina, as our next presiding bishop. And I've been captivated by the news, all of it addressing matters about which I really care to one degree or another. I probably would care more about the escaped prisoners if I owned a cabin in upstate New York, but <laughs> I don't care all of the same. There's almost a hierarchy of cares here. Caring is a bit of a two-edged sword in much of life. It's actually at the heart, not linguistically, but spiritually, it's at the heart of vocation, of call, of God's claim on us to care. It's related to an old English word that means something like lament. Caring can bring us a measure of challenge and sorrow for our pains. Care is like concern or weight or responsibility or even grief in some senses. We might say there's almost bound to be an inherent sadness in our caring even when we're in times of great unmitigated joy. Mountains Beyond Mountains is the name of a book by Tracy Kidder, and he tells the story of a remarkable doctor and anthropologist called Paul Farmer in his quest to bring life-saving resources of modern medicine to the poorest of the poor in the world. Dr. Farmer is particularly focused, has been particularly focused on Haiti, but his organization called Partners in Health has worked in Cuba and Russia and Peru, among other places, with remarkable results. It's a great story and a portrait of a man, an extraordinary man, whose single focused care, his, his calling, if you like, came at a price for him and for those who knew and loved him. And one of these was a sometime lover and long-term partner in his work, an Englishwoman called Ophelia Dahl. And she wrote him a letter in which she said, my inability to promise a life with you as your wife does not stem from a lack of love or a deep commitment to you. Indeed, as you probably know, I've not felt a serious ounce for anyone but you since 1983. My decision was based instead on trying to envision our life together, and I saw us not matching. And she went on to talk about his unswerving commitment to the poor and his massive compassion for others. And she wrote, as your wife, I would place my own emotional needs in the way of your important vision, whose impact upon the poor and the rest of us cannot be exaggerated. It's almost as though caring implies a hierarchy of concerns in which some people are more important than others, at least some of the time. Dr. Farmer says that he's want to say that he cares first about the poor, second about prisoners, and third about the rest. He did, in fact, find love with a beautiful, talented Haitian woman called Didi. Together they have three children. 
He's received the highest honors from Harvard University that the university can bestow, and he currently lives in Kigali in Rwanda. But even so, his life is full of tough choices. Same is true for any of us who find that we're given particular cares and concerns. Truth is, I'm much more interested in the Supreme Court decisions of the last few days than I am the funerals or the prisoners. I suppose I do have a hierarchy of concerns in response to the news of the day, or perhaps they point in different ways to what really matters, to what I'm really given to care about. We know that Jesus lived the way of self-giving love, that it was costly, even unto death, and it made it possible for us to know that self-giving love is for us the way of life as well. He showed and made possible our discovery that it is in service we are freed, in giving we receive. But even he had some limits, apparently. In today's reading, we hear of him responding, always responding to the needs, the urgent needs that confront him. He goes to the other side, usually a signal in Mark that he's going to some new phase, some new ministry, some new potential purpose. And he's giving... He's giving himself first to the rich and to the powerful, people like Jairus begging for his sick daughter, and then in the middle of that to the poor, almost unnoticed, the unnamed woman with hemorrhages, risking her life for the hope of healing. She could at least in theory have been put to death for making others unclean as she bled and touched them. I read more than one commentary suggesting that part of what we should take from this story is an awareness that it's often in the unplanned interruption to our lives that we will see the hand of God at work. I'm more aware of how difficult it can be to keep going when those who would interrupt are quite demanding their insistence that I stop whatever I'm doing to take care of them. Walk with me down to Crawford Long, Emory Midtown, and, and just make a visit and see how many times I get stopped by people in genuine need, hoping this will be one of those days when I will give them money. Sometimes I do, just so I know I can say yes because I'm so good at saying no. But, but I hope that when I say yes or when I say no, it is because I am pursuing some greater purpose and that we won't get sorted out until the judgment day. What we know about Jesus is that sometimes his care and concern led him to seek solitude for prayer. Sometimes he would say, even with people clamoring, I must go on because I came out to go to another village, cross over to the other side. He was not always available to all comers. Seems to have kept the main thing, the main thing all along. That's part of care. That's part of clarity. That's part of vocation. Is that capacity to keep going. And it often carries a cost. And that cost often can lead to a certain measure of sadness. And so the reality of our caring leads us to difficult decisions and choices on one hand, but it can also lead to real pain on the other. David loved Jonathan. David mourned the death of his great friend and some would say his lover, saying, greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. And talking about Saul and Jonathan, how the mighty have fallen. Real care, real love, will open to us the likelihood that at some point we will experience not only what feels like compromise, not only exceeding joy, 
but also real loss. Because caring like love is costly yet liberating, constraining yet freeing. If you care enough, as I do, to be excited about healthcare being made available for all Americans, or if you're excited, as I am, about lesbian and gay brothers and sisters free to enjoy the rights and responsibilities of marriage, then celebrate with abandon, for this is the moment. This is joy. This is hope. This is, in a sense, the end and also the beginning of a journey. And if you care enough instead that you are profoundly disturbed by these decisions, then take another look at what is really important to you and be faithful to the care you have been given. Care, find out for whom it is you care without hatred or blame or despair. Caring is complex, but it's also the heart of vocation or calling. Paul Farmer found his passion in and for life, but it didn't protect him from loss and anger and frustration and hard decisions. But perseverance, he brought and still brings significant change for the better to many of the world's poorest peoples. We know about Jesus, his concern for the poor, for those in any need, of need or trouble, his compassion for those who are being excluded from society by rules attributed to God, opening the way of salvation, even for us, even for Gentiles, at great personal cost, the cost of his own life. David, in his loss, that opened the way for him to become king. And he spent his reign consolidating and protecting his people, making Jerusalem his capital, fighting off enemies within and without Israel. He was not sentimental about the forces that would undermine his given care and concern, the people of Israel, and we need not be sentimental about those who resist what we desire either, but instead keep looking at the people for whom we are given to care, in his case, the people of Israel. Flawed as he was, he kept the main thing the main thing, and he kept building the kingdom of Israel. Caring carries a price, but it's the way in which God calls every one of us, every one of us, to purpose and to meaning and to offering ministry of real and holy hope. King David, you, me, Paul Farmer, some court plaintiffs this week, even Jesus, will carry on with joy, sometimes sober joy, but with joy nonetheless, knowing that in the end what matters is that we and those we seek to serve are beloved of God. We and those we seek to serve are beloved of God. Let us as ever respond to the gospel, naming perhaps for ourselves those for whom we are given to care. Let us respond in silence and in prayer.